Welcome to Weebkem Warriors. My name is Raven. And I'm Fantas. And we are on episode three of Decadence. Steering. Last we, uh, yeah, it's entitled Steering. Last we left off, they were about to go in. No, they were not about to go into the Kadal. This is, I'm... this is the episode where uh, Natsume gets a new arm. I have so many things yeah. to say here. Okay, so the last episode when we left off, Kaburagi decided not to kill himself. Yeah, kill himself. So starting off this episode, we we cold open to like Natsume as a child right after the accident and her dad goes and runs off and she's in the back of a uh, like an emergency response vehicle. And he's like, hey, don't just be you're going to be OK. And then he runs off and then immediately she like starts dying. Mm -hmm. And then she gets resuscitated like by the people there. One of them's like, why is there a kid here? Which I mean, fair and, question. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then it pans out and we see Kabaragi is... Uh, real Kabaragi, not punished Kabaragi, is... Bimo. Yeah, Bimo Kabaragi is watching this on his gigantic TV screen. And it turns out that the reason why she can't be detected and why she's registered as dead is because she fucking died. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, for a couple seconds, but yeah, she was dead and her chip malfunctioned. So she's recorded yeah. as dead. Yeah, whoever designed that system didn't take into account uh, resuscitation. Or they might have, and it just glitched out. Either It doesn't quite, well, it doesn't quite matter yeah. either way. Yeah, it definitely is just a, th a thing there. And then it uh, we get the intro. After that, we just see her and Kaburagi chilling in, a, in one of their Jeeps. And she's immediately getting thrown into a real battle to train because at the end of last episode, there was the agreement that that Kaburagi would train Natsume. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Here's a thought. Here's a thought I'm having in my brain right now. Mm -hmm. As like a cyborg and like as someone who uses uh, like the avatars they have. Do you think his relationship to like. Actually, maybe like the general cyborg relation to to like um, bod like bodies and injury might be different. Because do you mean like in terms of pain? In terms, not just in terms, not in terms of pain. Like they can still feel pain, and actually, they have a surprising number of bodily functions, which I guess might mm -hmm. just be holdover or anyway. <laughs> I do not want to get too deep into that. Okay. <laughs> We'll talk for Interesting. an hour anyway. So with him like throwing Natsume straight in, like a part of it is definitely like, a learning by doing thing. Mm -hmm. But I also kind of wonder if he doesn't like on a more basic level grasp the permanence of injury. Mm -hmm. Or exhaustion. Yeah. Too. Because that's uh, jumping ahead a little bit, but that's something that. She, she touches on her later she's just fucking exhausted and he's like damn really <laughs> but yeah so the a i almost said the at fields what do they call them they're zones yeah so we learn that all of these gadol have these zones as they're called and they tamper with electromagnetic fields to change the gravity and so okay so last episode, I thought that Fennel had died. I thought he had died because here in this episode, they state that you can only be affected by the gravity if you have one of the, like, juice tanks on your back. No, I think it's... Because, yeah, he was like, if you don't have one on, you'll plummet to the ground and die. I think it's more that they let you ride easier or control and... it somehow. Hmm. Hmm. It might have just it... been an inconsistency. Yeah, it... it... <laughs> It they needed the horny be. man to live, and they <laughs> threw out their own logic for that one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so they 
are training up against a low, quote-unquote, low-level Gadol, as Kaburagi refers to it as. And it's interesting because he brings up how they're, like, training areas or designated zones for players. Yeah, like, he doesn't tell her that, but... Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those things where it, like, pulls away and you hear his actual self saying it and his avatar doesn't. Yeah. His gear doesn't, rather. And it's just... Like, it's funny to me, because of course, of course mm-hmm. a video game would have that, but it's a real world, so having designated zones for higher level monsters and stuff is just funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, and it's like, she's <laughs> she's getting bodied by the level one. Just mobs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's her first time doing it, and I think anyone, I think just about anyone would get a little motion sick after all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So after that, we get this sick as hell, like start of a training montage Mm. and she just gets the shit beat out of her. And then we go on to the next day and she's sitting there gushing about uh, Kuranai, whom I think we only briefly saw before Mm -hmm. to her friend Faye. And (sighs) Faye is continuing to be very unsupportive of Natsume and her dream and is like, I can't believe you. Why do you want to be in the power? You suck for this. And is just overall being a bad friend. Yeah, it's it's like, with Faye, here's where I have things to say. Mm-hmm. It's like, how, do, how does one say this? I like her because I want to like her and because she's like the one person who's like even half decent to Natsume, really. Yeah. But she still has this. She still has like that. Well, that learned ableism that like. Honestly, basically everyone in our society has. Um, but also yeah. still has there. And that kind of mm. looks like an infantil- inf- in- infantilization, infantilization of uh, disabled people. Where, like, you're thinking, yeah. like, oh, well, you, you can't do all of that. Yeah, and she hits, she hits Natsume with the line, wasn't losing your arm enough. And I'm just like, holy shit, what the fuck? You didn't have to say that. Yeah, honestly. Um, yeah, that was just fucked to me. Oh, also, I completely forgot to say this. Uh, the Gadol have Oxyone flowing in their bloodstream, and... Mm-hmm. They harvest that oxyone for the uh, corporation. It's just one big fuel extraction. Yeah, that's yeah. that's all it is. So we get more of the training montage, and they show an interesting but brief shot of her using that robotic hand to try and change her movement and it continues to like trip her up because mm-hmm. it's clunky and i think this is the first time we see it causing issues and i think it's this episode where they have like a quick flashback and everyone's bullying her because her hand malfunctioned and she dropped something so yeah, yeah like and this is also where actually i'm gonna have to put this in the uh the show notes or whatever we're calling that. Um, Mm -hmm. Because there's this article I actually read the other day Mm -hmm. uh, in, this is Input Magazine by uh, H. Young. Mm -hmm. And they're, and now they have, uh, let's see, so they have a limb difference is what I saw them calling it. It's like they were born without like, about the, uh, Without most of, like, their left forearm. Or, like, oh, hand. gotcha. And, like, you know, so, of course, they got a prosthetic arm when they were younger, because that was, like, the recommendation from the doctors in, like, the 90s. It was like, oh, yeah, just start them young so they get, quote-unquote, normal eye-hand coordination. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that, I mean, she, like, had one of those powered ones, like, one of those powered claws. Like, it would glitch for her. Mm-hmm. And, um... So, like, they, 
ended up not using that and just using like passive arms after a while because that was just annoying. And right. they more recently got like one of those really like advanced multi-articulated ones, ones with like all the fingers. Oh yeah, like the ultrasound what yeah. like those ones? Ul- ultrasound? Yeah, there are uh there are robotic arms that you can get now for the like prosthetics that uh use ultrasound. I'm gonna cut this out. But there are ones that you can get that use ultrasound to detect like the different electrical signals and move according to that. And it's the closest and most accurate movement we've had for any prosthetic so far. Hmm. Now the ultrasound, I haven't heard of that. What the ones that uh this person was talking about, they were talking about ones with myo myoelectric sensors. Okay, yeah. And that's the more common and cheap one. Yeah. And like that's honestly one of the biggest kind of hurdles in that is getting those and anyway, there's like a lot of other things that can be said about that. But the mm-hmm. thing is that in modern day, like well, a good number of people uh with limb differences where they're like amputated or where they were born with it, mm-hmm. they don't use those prosthetics because they're just so heavy or clumsy or just hard to use understandable and especially since all those nice models cost like a ton of money if you're in the u.s good fucking luck huh yeah (laughs) what's interesting is she lost her arm at such a young age that i'm sure some of that's there but she did also have like some of the coordination because she was like six so it's like this this one i think there's um, a good amount of like the sci-fi kind of coming in where it's like no no like the arms they have these days especially since like this is after like all the cyborg stuff and like mm-hmm. people actually replacing their whole body. It's like, <laughs> I imagine the technology is a lot better. Oh yeah. You but she's transfer still... your whole. Yeah. But like, yeah, but like also she's still like a lower economic class. So she wouldn't mm-hmm. have one of the nice ones. Yep. Yeah. And so we get another, yeah, we get that next training montage after her hand, after we see her hand, uh, causing the issues. She finishes up that training montage. And then we get a another scene with uh, Kaburagi. And this scene, I don't know if you've seen Blade Runner, but it gave me very big Blade Runner vibes because, I mean, Kaburagi's entire job is like, you have to go and find these bugs and you must report back. The world must be free of bugs for uh, Hugin. And it's... Like, I I don't know if you've seen Blade Runner. I have not. Okay. I'm not going to spoil it. It's a good movie. Go watch it. Uh, Kaburagi and Deckard are basically the exact same character. Like, Deckard's a Blade Runner. He has to capture replicants. And it's, it's very good and cool. And I like that. After, after that scene, they then show us the scene of... Uh, the cor- It's like a corporate debriefing or advertisement, and it explains that the rich, yeah, like the rich, uh, put themselves into cyborgs and ditched fucking Earth for eh, for everyone else to figure it out. They also bought a small chunk of Eurasia and put a dome around it for entertainment and sustainability. Mm-hmm. Which there's a really interesting part about that in episode four, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. That just got me. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, it's we see Natsume kinda uh struggling because of her arm and she's just I mean, as you were saying earlier with I think you said it was limb difference, right? Yeah, that's why I've seen some people calling it, yeah. Okay, yeah. It we see her get a little bit frustrated with that with that arm and so Kaburagi takes her to a I think it's like a power like shop for yeah, some building sh- shit. Like I guess it's probably mostly for the tankers question mark. Maybe they were also selling the needles and stuff for the Yeah, gears, I mean but so. like there's tankers that are also part of the fighting force, oh. so Right, we will uh, see that next episode. Yeah, so 
Kaburagi builds her a new arm, and yeah. it has... He's probably shouldn't give her a little more warning about that, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he does just pull her in there and, like, start doing things, and she, it's it's kind of funny, because Pipe is left outside next to the, like, shopkeeper, and he's just cowering as Natsume is, like, screaming as he builds her a new arm, which I would imagine would be painful. Yeah, I mean... I think it's more shocking than anything. True. Uh, unless this is like an auto mail situation, it's probably just popping it off and messing with it. Ah. Uh? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'll probably give her a little more warning. And actually, this is kind <laughs> of what I was talking about Kabulagi with his relationship to like, uh, actually, even just like his relationship to bodily autonomy in general, since the corporation basically owns his body i'm pretty sure because yeah. they get scrapped when they're done with them yep so i that feel is like correct. there is an interesting relationship there which is to say i agree a bad one yeah it's it's just a it's a funny segment but then she walks out with her new arm and it mm-hmm. has a uh needle launcher built into it It's got five fingers, and she comments on how it's got great dexterity and movement and everything, and they, like, hook up an air compressor to it and everything. It pops open, all that fun stuff. So now she has her own specialized weapon for the job. (laughs) Yes, you do. And then I think immediately after that, we get, like, alarms blaring and a new... Wave of Gadol has just shown up. Yeah, this is where we get to the uh, underground uh, little segment. Yeah. So they're actually outside training again when the sirens go off. And they all hop in the car, start driving back to Decadence, and then the ground just caves in. And they go falling in there. Pipe, Kaburagi, and Natsume all get separated. And that's kind of where the episode ends. I think before it ends, there is a bit there with uh, yeah, how we'll... bugs bugs are anything that the company doesn't deem necessary. And it does just kind of boil down to like your standard. Oh, you don't fit our very specific ideals for a corporation you don't get to work here and yeah since this corporation is how you stay alive you just die you die yeah we also saw this how uh kaburagi found pipe oh yeah it does uh <laughs> kaburagi yeah. yeah do you want to yeah. take the helm on this one pipe who is our very best boy mm-hmm. kaburagi just Found him stuck to the whole decadence in like a glob of gunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pipe was just he's, he's very cute. He's very cute. He bought a whole he like he's big like apartment. Whole, yeah, just bought a whole for apartment Pipe. for him. Mm-hmm. And then he he made a comment like I get why you guys get along so well. You're both bugs or something like that. Or he mutters it to himself. Yeah. Like, of course they'd get along so well. They're both bugs. And then, yeah, the episode ends. So then we get to episode four. Transmission. Transmission. I just have here in my notes that, like, this is when we get the first real taste of danger of the Adal. Yeah. And we see this huge, uh, like, spiked Gadol come come out of the ground and a bunch of a bunch of actually tankers, like you were saying earlier, run up with their needles and start trying to attack it. And they pierce like that first layer of skin like we saw earlier, but they didn't pierce the, the main veins, which uh, I'm now realizing maybe we didn't mention earlier that uh, Gadol have like a main artery that you have to hit in order to kill them. Yeah, Otherwise, I mean, you're just going to get droplets of blood. Yeah, like with, well, honestly, oxygen. most things with blood, there is yeah. uh but yeah, but specifically, it's the goggles, the uh, fighting force wears power that uh, let them mm. see those as well as like the currents in the Godal's uh, zone. Interesting. I didn't realize that, but I probably should have. Mm-hmm. So that's neat. Yeah, and it's kind of what I meant. Like 
with like the tank they wear letting them control their movement in there is that mm-hmm. the currents in the zone are what they kind of aim for to ride and actually move around instead of just floating in space that's right because there's like the waves of uh magnetic bullshit yeah magnetic bullshit <laughs> and they i think to go back to our training montage they do show natsume like in a river trying to keep up with the waves and they only show it once but yeah. that was like their representation of that which was very cool yeah and the kite. The kite scene was good. Oh, yeah. The kite scene is also very good. She's, like, tied to a kite that's being pulled by the Jeep. And she has to try and, like, not get sick. Mm-hmm. And I think they show it three times. And by the third time, she's good. Yeah. But, yeah. So a bunch of a bunch of tankers are trying to take out this Gadol. And they're super cocky. And then Natsume strolls up. And one of them just gets fucking impaled. Right in front of her. And so she's like horrified and runs away for a minute. And then she d- takes a couple of deep breaths per Kaburagi's previous instructions. Readies her uh, hand, jumps in and goes fucking sicko mode. She just immediately like pops three needles and kills the thing. Yeah. But before she does that, she also like shoots the Gadol in the tooth right as it's about to bite down on Pipe, and it shatters the tooth, which, like, leaves a gap so that Pipe doesn't get bit, which is very clever. It is. And then she shoots it in the head and kills it. And Kaburagi's, like, there as this all happens, and is just in awe. (laughs) And that's just, like, the first couple of minutes of this episode. Because, like, it's like, he did, like, kind of throw her in the deep end a little bit, Mm-hmm. But like he he is also like a really good teacher and she's a really yeah. good student. Yeah, I she kicks ass and she learned very fast because, yeah. you know, she's I, I don't know if you'd call this a shonen. I mean, I kind of would by yeah. this point. Yeah, honestly, it's and, pretty shonen. But like it's like actually we don't really know how long that montage was, though, do we? No, they don't specify a time. For yeah, it. I. But she it feels not terribly long, like maybe a month or two. At yeah, the I don't know. Longest. But there's not really like a lot of markers we could get, you know? Yeah, they don't really talk about time at all in this universe. Yeah, not like not really. It's not a focus of theirs. Because this, I mean, it's fake. So whatever. Anyway, I do like that, like, this isn't like, oh, she just jumped in from the get-go. She's great at it. It's like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. We, like, see her go through, like, her whole montage, her whole training thing, and how much she honestly just sucks at everything in the beginning. Yeah, and it's sick as hell. Yeah, and then, like, we get here, and it pays off. Absolutely. she worked fucking hard at it. Yeah, so she kills them all, and then... uh, There's this huge fucking rolling Godal that pops out of the ground... And it starts heading towards decadence. It starts barreling through everything in its path. Everyone's like, get out of the way. And then they run over to it. All of these tankers, there's like a group of, I don't know, 20 of them. And they all just start firing their needles at this thing. And they all bounce off because it's armored. And then it pops open and kills like everyone that was just immediately there. Yeah. And then we get Kura and I... Everyone's favorite character, she strolls in and fucking kills everything. Or kills that, rather. She just goes apeshit, and she has, like, this long-ass spear needle thing. Yeah, I fucking love that thing. It's so cool. It's super cool, because it's... It's very, like... It's got a wide head on the tip of that spear. Mm Mm-hmm. And she just, like drives that shit into its head into its, I think it's like stomach or something yeah like the uh, soft parts. abdomen area yeah and like kills it in one shot and then we get a, a very cool interaction between Kudenai and Natsume I just forgot her name Natsume <laughs> uh, yeah and Natsume is like all flustered and is like oh my god I'm not good enough to be part of the power and crew and i's like what the fuck are you talking about that was some of the best work we've seen yeah and uh though honestly i'd be flustered talking to kuda and i too uh, yeah same <laughs> um 
Kurunai Kurunai is like oh yeah Kurunai is like who said you would couldn't be a part of the power and Natsumi is like oh well I was called a, I was told I was a bug and uh, Kurunai is like well if you're a bug that makes these two boogers because you were putting in better work or something like that yeah <laughs> which is a very good line and Natsume then acknowledges Kaburagi as her coach and then Kurunai disappointing all of the gay people in the crowd runs <laughs> over to Kaburagi immediately and is just immediately all over him I was yeah. heartbroken at that moment. <laughs> she could still be bisexual, so I'll take it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but and I mean honestly, she's she's valid, honestly. Yeah. He he is pretty attractive. Um well, yeah, at least that, that avatar is. Like, yeah. And I mean, he's also talented. It's like I I can't blame her. And he's a cat boy, as we established last time. He is episode, a cat boy. So I mean, what more could you want out of a man? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I I like cat boys a lot, so I I enjoy Kaburagi. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend I didn't say that and continue on. What? So they <laughs> there uh, there's an interesting thing that I noticed here, and I just kind of wondered how does uh, how does Natsume not get found out as a bug when she talks so casually amongst all these other soldiers. Like, I know they're all humans, at least as far as we've seen, but it still seems like someone else would have figured it out, unless literally Kaburagi is the only one hunting bugs, which could very well be the case. It could be the case. It's... I think this is something we can circle back to later for reasons. Okay. If she's not being detected already... And mm -hmm. no one's specifically looking out for that, like, one case. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't, like, aside from, like, what she's doing here, she doesn't stand out that much. Right, they're trusting in their system yeah. to function smoothly. Yeah, and I'm on episode 8 now, and it still hasn't become readily apparent as to what's going on. So I'm just like, I'll figure it out eventually. Um, eventually. Yeah, and so then they we cut back to Decadence and I think Minato here talking mm -hmm. to Kaburagi and Kaburagi's debts have been paid and he's going to be reinstated because they're planning a quote-unquote huge story event which means that they're going to try and kill a lot of Gears but end up also killing a lot of humans. And they're going to take Decadence to the Gadol Nest. And the Emma fucking Leia's. Yeah, it is. Uh, they, they state that they're going after Gadol Alpha, which creates fog that uh, prevents the other ones from being attacked or it like closes the region so that you can't see the gigantic big it's, one. It's fog. It's fog. Yeah. It's a fucking pain in the ass. And also yeah, it looks very it cool. Yeah, as in every video game. Yeah. And uh, they just, like, casually drop that the nest is in fucking Everest. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had several thoughts immediately. First off, I was like, holy shit, because they show a picture and it's like the entire Mount Everest has this, like, huge fucking hole just mm -hmm. exploded into it. And then they're like, you'll be at high altitude, which, yeah, of course they will. They're in the Himalayas. Yeah. But, like, the altitude kills you normally, and yeah. they're flying around with these, like, goo anti-grav packs, killing monsters, and I'm like, holy shit? Again, this is one of those things where it's like, we don't get the whole time scale, mm -hmm. so we don't know how long, like, Decadence has been, like, traveling up. So we don't know how long they've had to acclimate. Right. Also, there are, I'm pretty sure, different drugs and stuff you can take, like, at that altitude to help ease, like, uh, yeah. a bit. Yeah, I think the hardest part, if I recall correctly, is uh, oxygen 
intake is, is the Yeah, yeah, part. that's that's, that's what, what gets you is the oxygen. Mm-hmm, or the lack thereof. Um, but yeah, they said that the Alpha Gadol has been engineered to be unwin- unbeatable. Mm-hmm. So this mission is supposed to be unwinnable to progress the story. It's supposed to be unbeatable until the top-ranking people come in as part yeah. of the story. And there's yes. a line that got me... Uh, mm-hmm. Minato just excitedly looks over to Kaburagi and is like, you're gonna get to be part of the canon! And I'm just like, holy shit, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, hey, haha, remember that this is all a game to the cyborgs? Yeah, and it's fucked. But also, yeah. some of the lines are funny, so it's fine. You know, what's killing off all of humanity if you make a funny... If you make a funny... Another thing I thought was interesting is they act like the humans are players still, and that really fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, yeah, the humans will like they don't even acknowledge the humans, but they're they're all like, we get a shot later where all of the. Uh, all of the tankers in the power are like crowded up in this room getting debriefed on the last mission or like what they called the final mission and it's uh, I don't don't even know how to describe it because it's like this they make it seem like this casual thing and then it's uh, we'll get there Mm -hmm. one moment I need to look at my notes here when is this brought up ah yeah okay so like i think it's brought more towards the end this episode that this has been going on for like probably centuries this whole decadence Mm -hmm. thing and i think this sort of um this is kind of like the end of like uh end of a cycle sort of because we don't know exactly how long cyborgs live but this is but it's probably like in a couple of centuries maybe at least yeah and so with the tankers, some of the tankers being in the power and then like the rest of them basically being kind of divorced from that because they'll have to stay inside all, most of the time. Mm-hmm. I think this is also not just like a thing that they do to like make the game more interesting to the cyborg players, but also to wipe out the humans that are um, out there so that they don't have that memory that, oh, this has been happening. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want them to know, like, oh, this has been a thing. Like, if we destroy their... Mm, that's more fucked. It's the... If we destroy their history, they can't change the future sort yep. of deal. Yep. And... It's something. Mm-hmm. It's uh, fucked. bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I had... I think I have something about that in my notes. But, uh... After this, after we we meet, we see the like human the the tankers getting debriefed. We get to meet. Uh, okay, let me get this right. Mindy, Mendy, and Mundy, which yes. are characters. Mindy is trans. You don't need to care about the other two. <laughs> uh, Mindy is trans and buff. She is. I love her so much. Absolutely same. She she looks and sounds like my old uh, high school principal that was a lesbian. <laughs> so that's a thing. Uh, the only difference is my principal had like frosted tips. <laughs> ladies pretty. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Pretty ladies aside. We get another shot of Faye being really shitty. Natsume is super excited yeah. to see oh, her. Back, actually, if we can back up a little bit, though. Oh. Uh, to, like, uh, <clears throat> Natsume meeting uh, the Triple M's. Yeah. Oh, oh right. Her, yeah. I forgot about this. Yeah, her uh, arm malfunction. Like, she has, like, a little glitch. Because, you know, it's still a little t- bit new. Mm-hmm. So, like, she you know, probably doesn't have all the... She's probably nervous meeting new people, really. She probably doesn't have all the bugs worked out. God. (laughs) But also, she probably doesn't have much experience with friendship. Um, yeah, that too. Yeah. (laughs) 
But anyway, yeah, so it, like, misfires a bit, and Mindy just, like, goes off. Yeah, Mindy fucking gets up in arms and storms out, and the other two are like, I'm sorry that she's like this, haha. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, that not cool Mindy, but also all of those people in there, they got so much PTSD. Oh my god, they've seen so much shit. Because mm-hmm. they're basically not... being used like a bunch of pawns. Yeah, Mindy. Mindy also makes a very good point, and because she says something along the lines of "you shouldn't be charging into battle with a weapon you're not familiar with," yeah, and that's true. But also, like, it's not like she was doing a thing that she needed for battle in that moment. She was trying to do something just normal. And with stuff like that, I, I think about this a lot. Like, if you were to make a cyber limb, but you added things into it, you would have to sacrifice a normal thing you could do to be the trigger for your extra movements, basically. Yeah, and not and to... it could just be that she tried to do something normal, and it triggered that because she didn't think about it. Yeah, and, like, not actually, actually to bring us back to games, it was on on Twitter recently was playing, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. And, you know, they, they went up to talk to someone, and the trigger for talk and shoot are the same, so they end up shooting a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I'm oops. pretty sure it's just like that. I was like, yeah, you go for one thing. Oops, you were too far from the hitbox. You shot them. Yeah. Just muscle memory and having to retrain yourself. Yeah. So after after that, yeah, then we we cut over to Natsume running into Faye and it's sad because yeah, Natsume's super excited to like see her supposed friend mm-hmm. and she's like, I made it into the power and Faye's just like, I wish you hadn't Bye. like Faye doesn't even say that Faye's just like. Gives her the cold shoulder, kind of says a couple mm-hmm. of lines that I can't remember, and walks away. As yeah. I think the purple-haired girl is like, "Are you gonna take all day? Come on!" And then God, actually, I do kind of like one. I do kind of wish they had like more backstory for Faye, because like mm-hmm. it's like with that kind of reaction, like what <clears throat> has she lost someone before? Yeah, like did she have someone who was in the power? Maybe. Yeah, my thought was that. I mean, with those two being close, it's possible that their dads were friends. Yeah. And it could also just be the fact that, like, they were friends when they were younger and uh, Natsume almost died. Yeah, like, Natsume almost died once and her dad did die. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's, I mean, like, that would... an under- it's like an, under- it's an understandable reaction to, like, loss mm-hmm. or even, like, potential loss. But it's still really shitty. It's still extremely shitty. Absolutely, yeah. So, continuing on from there, Natsume heads back to her uh, shipping container. (laughs) And then Kaburagi shows up and tries to, like, talk her out of going into the fight for the next day. And I don't know what it is about this particular scene. And this is completely unrelated. Natsume really looks like the boy from uh, mighty gunvolt burst. I think is what it's called. I don't sure believe I I've that. seen that. It's a game. Let me make sure I have. Yeah, here it is. This is gunvolt. Huh? Yeah. That really looks like Natsume. <laughs> yeah. I, Actually, wait, is this, you said this was a game. Is it a good game? Uh, I didn't play a ton of it. It was on 3DS. It's a very fun game from what I remember playing of it. I think it's a Mega Man clone, if I remember Mm. correctly. It's an indie title. Mm. So, yeah, it's called Gunvolt Strike, Azure Gunvolt Striker. Yeah, I'll look that up later. It's, it's It just looks neat. Yeah, it's it's a fun game. I need to go back and beat it at some point. I I need to dig out my 3DS, charge it, and and beat that. Yeah, that was just something that occurred to me in this scene. I don't know why. <laughs> it's completely irrelevant. Eh, happens. 
But yeah, yeah, this scene. This scene's very effective. Yeah. Um, Kabaragi starts getting really heated with Natsume and is like, the game isn't designed to be... And then he stops himself. Yeah. And he's like, you can't win against them. Uh, I think he says, like, the this war is unwinnable. Mm. Like, yeah, it's... Yeah, it, yeah to that mm. effect. Like, actually, I... Okay, <laughs> not to circle back to subs and dubs. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> is it how, how different is it? How bad yeah, it, is the difference? It's not bad. It's not a bad difference. Okay. It's just when I hear you quote things, it's it's definitely interesting to hear you quote things because it's like, yeah, I got I got what is essentially the same. Mm-hmm. I am also trying to do it from memory, so this is yeah. word for word. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's still anyway. We're Let's circle back to what we were actually talking okay. about. Anyway, but yeah, because Kabanai, like, he really wants to tell Natsumi, like, why? Like, mm-hmm. but like, it's just like, he he doesn't really know how and, like, how to do it without, like, freaking her out. Yeah, and he just seemingly can't get through to her, which she's very hot-headed, not hot-headed, stubborn. So, yeah, yeah you're not going to. And so he takes a needle and stabs her. I don't, there's like an actual name for it, but he stabs her tank that controls the oxyone yeah. um, and absorbs it. And it starts leaking out into the floor. Yeah. And then like, she also like dropped the milk she got for him and it all mixes mm-hmm. together. And it's very yeah, cinematic and very dramatic. And there's a very good shot as he, yeah. we can hear him leave the, Milk and uh, Oxione mixing together as as he leaves and she is now heartbroken because she doesn't and I mean at this point kind of can't participate in the battle tomorrow. Yeah. And then uh, then we see her go go down to the like uh, mess hall I guess is what I'd call it and she starts talking to Kuranai and kind of yes. deliberates over if she wants to go into battle tomorrow and i the the gist of their conversation is just like well if you do like there's no going back and we could you really use you it's dangerous but i think you can hold your own like stuff like that yeah and like so- and i talking about like why she does is like if she stay like she feels like if she stays inside all the time, she just won't feel like she's alive. Which mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I think we're all feeling a bit of that right now. Oh, absolutely! I am going stir crazy at the moment. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't have. It's like I, I don't have to get out the house that much. I'm not the type of person who does. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, I like to get out of the house more than this. Yep. Yeah. I miss Game Night so much. I want to play Wingspan so bad. Um, yeah. I want to go drive up to the mountains again. But uh, yeah, yeah, I should just go outside and look at some rocks. <laughs> rocks good. Rocks good. But yeah, she has this talk with Kurt and I, and she basically says, I'm not going to be there tomorrow. I'm sorry for letting you down. And then she walks away. And then we get this like flashback of... Natsume's dad educating her on what Earth used to be, and I think he says something along the lines of, once we win this war, we can all go out there and see all these things for ourselves. And at that... Well, before before it cuts back, there's, like, another small scene of... of, him, of her, like, sitting there looking at more of the pictures and footage of the world before and he's like you're still at that huh and she's like yeah haha absolutely i want to be a soldier so i can go out there and see the world one day then we get this super triumphant uh music over like a shot of her crying and she goes running back to uh, kurenai and is like i changed my mind she like also just takes this guy's uh what is it called? Well, I kabob. think Kuda and I took uh, oh, yeah. the guy's meat. Yeah, Kuda and I takes the kebab and hands it over to Natsume. And 
she's like, I want to participate, but also can you lend me some cash so I can? Because, I mean, her... Yeah. Her gear is uh, broken. Yeah. And then we get all of them going down to the vehicles. The gates open and it says... Uh, it just says, like, gates open. And mm-hmm. by this point, I'm just like... I realized, like, yeah, they really do give it that gamey feel. Like, if they mm-hmm. were to, if they were to make a decadence game, oh my god, it would be so much yeah. fun. I would play that, but also I would feel bad because I bet I would kill humans in that game on accident. It, it, yeah, it's like, yeah, it. <laughs> give me a, a fun game. Me, it would. It's just like, oh, I feel bad. Yeah, give me a decadence hack and slash where I get to play as Natsume. Yeah. Uh, give me a sequel to this show. I say. Actually, I did it. see. Uh, actually, I did see news talking about a second season probably Ooh. next year. Interesting. That's. Yeah, and uh, considering what the ending is, I'm curious what that's going to be about. I've heard. I I was doing a little bit of spoiler free research and i saw a lot of people saying that the ending didn't leave it leave it like i mean it left it open for a season two but it's not like it needed it it had a conclusion so i'm interested to see how the show ends yeah yeah like yeah this show definitely has like an uh like this this season it's contained it's nicely contained Mm -hmm. and i'm both curious and a little nervous about what a second season could be yeah, because if the second season's bad, I like I I I don't want it to be Pacific Rim Uprising. Mm-hmm. I don't hi. want it to be the Uprising of the hey, show. Hey, hi, hello, listener. Hi. I would like to talk to you about a show called uh, Old Noah Zero. It was a mecha anime that had two seasons, and the first season one of the best shows I've ever watched. The second season one of the worst shows I've ever watched. I refuse to watch that show again, and we will not be covering it. If you hate things, go watch it. Um, that I I really hope they don't they don't yeah, fuck it over. It's, this show's very fun, and it's it's a, I enjoy watching it a lot. Yeah, and God, I I've oh yeah, there is a Pacific Rim anime coming out, and I've. <laughs> I saw I, something okay. saying that it sucked. Yeah, I saw I saw someone like I saw I've seen things saying that it sucked because probably like Uprising it completely misses the point of the the original movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know about people coming together, about people loving each other and coming together to fight a bigger enemy. And the, it the com- Pacific Rim is a very good movie. Uprising is a very pretty movie that sucks. Interesting. I haven't seen Uprising yet. I heard that the issue Don't with bother. the anime is oh ooh okay. Um, I heard that the issue with the anime is that it misses the point of the like playfulness of the original Pacific Rim, mm. and it's very uptight, is what I heard. Uh it just takes itself way too fucking seriously. That's that's unfortunate. Yeah, which it. I mean, having seen Pacific Rim, that just makes it sound to me like it's trying to be Ava. <laughs> but I also <laughs> really like Ava. Speaking of which, the new movie came out, like, I mean, technically yesterday because of Japan time, but it came out today. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did, I, hear, I did hear a spoiler about that that I will not speak. Oh, no. I heard that it might do a misogyny and that sucks. Like oh, a big uh, that wasn't the thing I heard. The thing I heard was a bigger thing. It was a thing. Hmm? It was a bigger thing. Well, no, it was a. It was an interesting thing. I heard that the plot was good and that it does a misogyny. That's all I know. Mm. And uh, that's disappointing. All I know is that Shinji Ava. doesn't need a girlfriend. Uh, he needs therapy. We knew that. Yeah, that's we... been obvious from everything from else. The I haven't first watched Eva. Episode. I haven't watched Eva. I know that's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You should watch Eva. Be cautious and don't binge it. It's a bad show to binge. I've done it twice. I should know. Oh, I've. Oh, God. What did I binge <laughs> one time that was just such a terrible idea? Oh. 
I've binged things that were bad ideas to binge. Mm-hmm. Well, oh. with anyway. that, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah. So, we should probably stop recording, at least. Uh, well, we need to do outros first. Yeah. Where can we, uh, where can we find you on the internet, Fantast? You cannot. Oh, all right. We're doing, we're doing this again. No, no finding you on the internet. I, yeah, I, uh, sorry, that's just a standard response. It's, it's all good. It's funny. Yeah. Um, don't, don't heart emoji. Uh, uh, well, unfortunately I am on Twitter at AB274 Fantast and on Tumblr. Not really. Honestly, just Twitter. Okay. And I am on... And barely. (laughs) Yeah, because you're responsible and use Twitter responsibly. I'm not. And... Oh, actually, I... (laughs) I just have multiple (laughs) hangups. Oh. Fair. I'm, uh... If you want to see me be on Twitter too much, you can go to... Twitter.com slash Corvid underscore Lenore. Corvid like the bird, Lenore like nevermore. Uh, don't find me other places. I'm not there and I'm not going to let you into my Instagram. Stop requesting me. I swear to God. <laughs> and with that, have a good weebkend. And stay safe. Meekop. <laughs>